Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the First Amendment. Please keep all hands and legs inside the republic that is hurtling toward a surely violent death as we demonstrate the features of the Constitution. The First Amendment protects your right to free speech at all costs. When using this right on the internet, please assume the bracing position as you may experience turbulence. This amendment is equipped with five freedoms, religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. Please take a few moments now to locate your nearest exits in case you recognize any of these freedoms falling to the wayside over the next four years. In some cases, your nearest exit may be behind you, or in Canada. If you need to evacuate an uncomfortable situation with someone who does not understand this amendment, the inner light of your own self-righteousness will guide you toward the exit. Barriers that cannot be opened can or should be broken down. You will find this and all the other safety information in the Constitution located across the screen that is inevitably in front of you right now. We strongly suggest you read it before tweeting. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to tweet one of our hosts. We wish you all an enjoyable revolution, and thanks for flying bossy air. Over the last couple years, the political climate in the U.S. has become increasingly scary. People of color are under attack. Queer and trans people are under attack. Women's rights? You guessed it, they're under attack. The post-election vibe amongst young women is, this sucks, I want to help, but how? My name is Jill Gutowitz. And I'm Carmen Rias. We're bringing together your favorite stars with politicians, activists, and analysts to talk current issues, U.S. government, and activism. We're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wokeness. This is The Bossy Show. Coming up, we went to the Women's March on Washington with Fifth Harmony's Lauren Haregi. Plus, we're going to talk to some IRL activists like Jackie Savage, one of the women who helped organize the march. Okay, this is pretty exciting. Last week, we went to the Women's March on Washington with Lauren Haregi of Fifth Harmony. Take a listen. <laughs> okay. I am here in a random hotel with Lauren Haregi. Literally in the corner somewhere. We are in a shady, we're literally sitting on the carpet in a hallway. <laughs> because you don't have a room, but we're just sitting here Legit. drinking a glass of wine together. Okay. Um, and we just went to the Women's March on Washington, and we're both, like, glowing. <laughs> It's so good. Okay, um, for everyone who wasn't there, just like set the scene. Like, tell me like what you saw there. Well, first of all, there were millions of people. Just genuinely, there were over a million people present. Um, Men, women, and queer folk alike. Like every single person, immigrants, races, genders, sexualities, just such a wide range of human beings all coming together for the exact same pur- purpose which was just love and acceptance and justice and yep. I I thought that that was just I mean the, the whole entire energy was so electrifying and so inspiring and so peaceful and so loving like everyone just the way they were with each other the amount of people there were the amount of like bodies I saw on the streets there was like this one guy that was in like doing like an interview slash like broadcast during it and he was talking to his counterpart and he was literally like it feels like they're just making carbon copies of people and just keep sending them out yeah it was like millions of people like hundreds and thousands of people walking and marching in the name of 
our rights. Yeah. Which is so, for me, it just made me feel so, like, safe. It made me feel so empowered, and it made me feel so happy that I wasn't alone. Yeah. Because in my brain, I was alone. In my brain, I, I was like, how can nobody see this? I know. This is so unjust. This is fucked up. Yeah. I can't believe the majority would think that this is okay. I know. And what was proven to me today was that the majority does not think it's okay. It's The crazy. majority marched against the regime without even, without an ounce of negativity. Zero negativity. I know. We were just talking before before we like started recording. We were saying, like, you're walking through the crowd and you're just like, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, sorry. Like, <laughs> nobody was mad. Everyone was so happy. Nobody was mad. And it mad. was just like, oh, God, it was so good. It Everyone was so, was so, so empowered. It really was, yeah. Ready to help each other willingly and just there for each other. I sparked up so many conversations with random strangers. Same. Just because. Just because I liked their sign. Yeah. Or I liked what they were shouting. Yeah. Or I liked what they were... Their presence and right. their, their spirit, you know what I mean? It was just like, I met this one woman um, who was a mother and was with her son mm-hmm. from Florida, actually. Literally, her son went to Ransom, which is a na- like, a, a, like a neighborhood school to mine. You just attract Floridians. It was crazy. <laughs> we were literally in a line at like um, this place called Paul's, like getting paninis. Because like, yeah. we were super hungry and they were right behind us. And we saw that their sign said like Florida, Florida United for something or other. Um, and she was a teacher at Mass Academy, mm-hmm. and she was just so powerful and so empowered, and she was just preaching to us, like, with her son right there, who was right by her side, and it was just, oh my god, it was just so beautiful. I can't, like, I can go on for I know, I know. <laughs> I wish it was that, gnarly. I wish man. that you could, like, see us right now, like, we're, I know, oh, like your face is red, like, like I know, just <laughs> overwhelmed with happiness, <laughs> Okay, who did you go to the march with? I went with my best friend Natalia and her sister and her um, her friend Andrea, Mm -hmm. and it was just the four of us. Um, Oh, and her other her little Andrea as well. Like Mm -hmm. two Andreas. There's two Andreas. But then the second Andrea had to leave because she had another commitment. But right, the four of us literally were together the whole day. It was such a positive energy. Just such a we had so much fun and so much like. We're just so happy. Yeah. Like, we kept looking at each I other know. with these dumbass smiles on our <laughs> yeah. face, like, oh my god, I can't believe this is real. Wow, this is electrifying. Wow, this is so special. I can't believe we're here. It's like, like a kid at a candy it store. Was literally. Like, I felt like the same way, though. Like, honestly, like, I think I felt everyone felt really, really scared. Not everyone, obviously. No, like, and after then the, the election. whole, like, and the whole air about even going to the march, like, so many people were apprehensive that there was going to be violence. Right. And so many people were apprehensive that, you know, the police were going to be super resistant and all that kind of stuff and there was none of that no. I didn't see an ounce of that and there were more people there than there were at the inauguration yeah I didn't see any pushing I didn't see any no shoving like, no pushing no cops no confrontation no verbal confrontation no, no nothing like just genuinely nothing like, like I just saw nothing but pure I love know. and positivity I had I, I had some uber drivers ask me like do you think it's gonna be like violent? And I was like, honestly, no. This was like before I was. Like, and I didn't everyone, even think so. No, I was. Like, I, everyone's in I such knew high spirits. In my heart, that like yeah. everyone that was coming together today, there's no way that there could be violence because no. that's the exact thing we're protesting. I know. That's the exact thing that we refute and yeah. we refuse and we resist. That it's that violence and that hatred and that bigotry. Like we just we're not part of that. Yeah. We are the resistance. We are the opposite. We're the opposing voice. And I'm. It's. It was just so exhilarating to see how many of those voices came together. Like, yeah. it was just nuts. Can you tell us why you marched? If you could even sum it up. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> For so many reasons. I'm, I mean, again, I'm a Cuban 
American bisexual woman. Right. So <laughs> at the end of the day, like I, said. I was all of the things that were being resisted. Right. Um, I fought. I marched for reproductive health. I marched for the LGBTQ community. Like I marched for myself. I marched for my family. I marched for my friends. I marched for women in general. Like I just feel like there's such a power to our voice and such a power within ourselves that we have yet to fully reach the potential of and I think it's I just thought it was so important like I literally flew out here I knew there was something going on in LA but I knew that I wanted to be at the Capitol because right this was a historic moment that I needed to be a part of because I'm so incredibly passionate about every single one I, I marched for Planned Parenthood yeah I marched for the sake of people understanding that their rights are important and that they're valuable and that they're valuable and no matter who you are or where you come from or what gender, race, religion, whatever the fuck label you put on yourself or they've put on you, you matter and your voice is important and you are an American citizen regardless of whether they want to acknowledge you or not. Like yeah. We are here and we're American and we're ready to fight for our land. So true. Because that those are the values that founded this place. Like yeah. on Lady Liberty's thing, it was just it, it's literally just all about inviting immigrants and understanding that they're the base of this country. Yeah, it's so. it's really crazy and I thought it was really comforting to see. Was this your first ever march or protest? Yes, it was indeed. I think it was a lot of people's. Yeah, it was my first time actually getting to the streets and being able to, you know Oh my god, I can't like I literally can't explain like the amount of joy I feel about like, being able to be a part of such a major point in history. Like this is like when we look back, I know for a fact that this is going to be talked about. Like it was global. It wasn't even just national. It wasn't even just all around the United States that it happened. It was global. I know. There were people in Germany, in Paris, in London, Did in you Antarctica. Hear Antarctica. Yes. <laughs> And I Antarctica. heard there were 25 women in Antarctica that march. But that's insane. Like the fact that there's people all over the con- all over the world that recognize the injustice that's going on here. Even though, granted, you know we we are blessed with the amount of rights we get, but there's so many that are infringed upon. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So anyone that kind of has this co- concept of oh, you know, we're so we should be grateful because we're so blessed, and it's like yes, but at the same time, like. We have to recognize when our rights are being infringed upon, and we have to recognize that we live in a free country. That's what our constitution grants us, and we have to fight for that. Yeah, you're like hyping me up. I'm like, let's go back out there. <laughs> I'm down to people fuck. out there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm down. Okay, one more glass of wine. We're hitting the streets. Honestly, I'm fucking down. Like, we can just go out there right after this. <laughs> My like cab on the way here was just like, there's still people in the streets. Like, enough. And I was like, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I'm getting out. Our cab on the way was so down with us. He really? was like, power to the women. Yeah. I was like, yes, bro. Yes. Like, so proud of you. He's a Venezuelan dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. It was exhilarating. Yeah, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you're obviously, like, you've been super busy lately. Did you have to, like, cancel anything to come here? Because you said you were like, I could have stayed in L.A. And yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't have to cancel anything, thank God, because I, I warned everyone yeah. very previously. I like, was like, I'm going. Just so you know, January 20th, I'm going to be mm-hmm. around the inauguration. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that the Women's March was happening when I told them that. But I was just like, just so you know, I'm going to be there to protest. So. Yeah. <laughs> Before there was a march, you were like, I'm there. I'm there and protesting. I literally told them in, like, November. And I was like, so no, January 20th, I will not be around you. So don't don't schedule so anything because I will not be present. They're like, Lauren, relax. Legit. Everyone's like, Lauren, stop. Like, I'm like, sorry, Lauren, bitch. Stop. I got to stand. I got to stand up. Like, I just have to. I have yeah. no... 
capacity to shut up yeah. in me. <laughs> like, I just don't. What do you What do you think your plans are, like, moving forward? Do you have any plans? Plans, like, like activist-wise? Activist? I mean, I'm going to call my senator every single day, like Mike told me to. Hey. I'm going to be yep. calling my senator every single day. I'm going to be calling Congress every single day, and I'm going to make sure that I'm involved in whatever rallies are happening, whatever protests are happening, like... Um, that are genuinely like important and vital to the progression of this movement. I, I'm, I'm gonna be there just because I believe so wholeheartedly in the message and I believe so wholeheartedly in the American people, and the fact that that wasn't like Trump's vision is not the majority. Yeah, it's just not. It's like not. it was proven today. It's just not the majority. It's crazy. It's you know I think it's cool for people to actually visually. Oh, see. and I genuinely want to um, work with Planned Parenthood. So y'all hit me up. Yo, close <laughs> to the mic. Hey, yo, Planned Parenthood. Hey, yo, Planned Parenthood. Hit it's me, me up. Lord. <laughs> Seriously, I'm obsessed with like when um, Cecile Richards spoke. Yeah. Um, she's the head of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. She was so inspiring and so real. Yeah. And. I mean, it's just real. Like, the fact that Viagra is covered by health insurance and, like, women's health isn't, like, that just speaks volumes to me about the state of our consciousness. Yeah. Social consciousness. Yeah. It's just, it's fucked up. And I love, one of my favorite parts about today was how many men were present and outspoken and with their signs and right by, right beside their women or their mothers or their daughters and, like, I saw this one dad holding his daughters on his shoulder, and she was five years old, and she had her fist up in the air oh, with her braids. I'm gonna cry. It I was cried just, so I took much a today. I took a, I took a picture. I brought a film camera. <laughs> we were both, well, that was another thing. We were, Kodak. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing we were just talking about. It's is I, you brought a Kodak? I brought a Polaroid. Polaroid. So I was like, I need some hard we're copies. Like, we need some old yeah. school shit. <laughs> we need some old school so shit. Funny. Fuck this digital shit. Fuck this digital shit. Are you suffering from shookness? Would you call yourself shook to the core? Do you find yourself reading right-wing tweets and then yelling at your mom for no reason? Do you find yourself ironically buying a mug that says liberal tears? Are you incapable of enjoying fun because the republic is dying? If you are experiencing any of these symptoms, you're most likely shook. It didn't have to be like this, but unfortunately, A bunch of white men did this to us, and there is no cure. We do recommend peacefully protesting as often as possible. Although there is no cure, acts of protest can alleviate some of the symptoms of shookness. Side effects may include emotional fatigue, an all-consuming need to let people know that you're right, an inability to engage with current affairs, defriending everyone you liked in high school on Facebook, and ultimately, smashing the patriarchy. Please consult literally nobody before attempting to save the world. We're going to hear more from Lauren in a sec. But first, let's rewind to last week when we sat down with Jackie Savage. Jackie is one of the many women who helped organize the Women's March on DC. So we wanted to find out how to get involved in something like that, or even cooler, how to launch something on your own. Hi, Jackie, it's Jill and Carmen. Hello, hi. Okay, so what is your job specifically in the organization of the DC March? Right. So I am one of four women who are leading the D.C. local group who is organized, who is organized to support the Women's March on Washington. Uh, obviously, we're connected to the national team supporting the march, but um, we are different. We are not the same. Um, our role has been to do whatever we can to obviously support the march. 
Um, but also we're looking at more long-term goals and um, using this as an opportunity to come together and find ways to gracefully mobilize with strong and diverse leadership. Can you tell us a little bit about what specifically goes into the local aspect of it? Absolutely. Well, so D.C. is sort of uniquely placed. Um, Many, as you may have heard, there are over 300 sister marches happening um, around the country. So, but our our uh, not state state is um, hosting the event. So some of the roles that we um, sort of took on and are working in collaboration with national. Um, we've had a housing committee, so we've uh, identified over 300 spaces in the city for folks who are coming to the march to uh, sleep um, at various churches and um, gyms and all sorts of places. We have a logistics committee, which has partnered with uh, National to train local ambassadors to guide and welcome visitors as they come to our city. We have an outreach committee that has worked tirelessly to spread the word to everyone in D.C. and and start to work on those long-term connections and relationships. And then finally, we have a communications committee, which is how I'm speaking to you, uh, which is, you know, looking to uh, get the word out and spread our message. We have a great landing page, wmwdclocal.com, um, and they handle all of that part of it. What are some long-term goals that you mentioned? So those are still, you know, kind of coming together. I think it's really important that we have everyone at the table. But, uh, you know, National has just released uh, some unity principles and some very um, broad and open and and inviting uh, goals for us moving forward. So I think um, my role personally as a D.C. resident is to see how we can merge those with the issues that affect D.C. And then, you know, kind of working to get as I mentioned, all of our community um, together and moving forward. I, I'm, I'm really hopeful and excited for the opportunity. I think it's an amazing, it could be a very powerful message um, to send to the to the whole nation. You know, D.C. is the capital of the world. So if we can uh, move forward and, and make progress and finding ways to promote diversity and inclusivity and intersectionality of women's rights, um, you know, I think... We're poised to do something really magical. How did you get involved in the DC March? Uh, through Facebook, <laughs> uh, right? So the Women's March on Washington, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, started with a Facebook post, and I think you know, at least in the DC seed, that's kind of how it started picking up steam here. So there was, you know, people sort of organizing meetings to try and um, support that effort and, and figure out how we were going to be best utilized, and and to really, I think, come together and find some community and and solidarity together. Uh, So um, I found a meeting near where I live, and I said, hey, is is anyone leading this meeting? No? All right, I'm in. Um, After that, we met sort of all of those uh, people who had led the local meetings, sort of the area meeting, had a meeting, (laughs) lots of meetings. It's been a lot of meetings. Um, and sort of said, okay, this this is how we want to frame, you know, create our framework and our working structure, and let's get let's get things done. Awesome. And you mentioned when we talked earlier that this was actually your first sort of like big activism type thing that you took on, right? Yeah. Yes. So, I, I I bristled at the idea that I was an expert. I I don't think I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, So what made you decide, like, why now? Why did you decide to get involved in this? That's a really good question. Um, You know, the past election, there is a lot of rhetoric that I found very hard to listen to. And more importantly, I'm a teacher. Um, I've been a teacher for over 10 years. And it just, it really, really bugged me that my students heard that language and that way of um, viewing and treating women. And I want to be a part of the solution. I, I want to be what helps move us forward. And I I think recognized, and I'm very grateful that I recognize the, the privilege that I have. I have so much privilege that I found it irreversible. I found it impossible to do nothing. It, it, was, it was literally hurting me to do nothing because to say nothing and to do nothing um, no longer was an option. I, I wish I could tell you the exact, you know, like, ding. But, I, I mean, it was a process. You know, it's a process of learning and growing and understanding the world around you. And I don't know, I just got to a place where I needed to do something. Yeah, I think a lot of people share that sentiment of, like, hitting a boiling point over the last year. Yeah. I, I just came from uh, one of our local meetings, um, the last one before the march, actually, and you know, every meeting we talk about, all right, what's long term? What what do we want? What are we? Where are we going? How are we doing this? How are we being inclusive and together? Um, and a, a lot of women spoke about that that sort of um, need to channel their very strong emotions in a positive, productive, forward moving way. I, I think everyone here is very interested in moving this in a forward direction. Um, obviously, learning from the, you know the countless others who have come before us. I. I I, I can't even imagine, and I, I can't wait to continue to explore those relationships and learn um, more about our history. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of us are just sort of ready. <laughs> We're ready. And I, I, I think, I'm not sure, right, but I, I feel like maybe the whole nation, there's these pockets all over that are sort of feeling this way and, and starting to work at a local level, which really makes me very happy. What are the demands of this march? The demands. Ooh, demands is a strong word. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you use it. Uh, well, I guess the first is just to make sure it's clear it's not a protest, right? Because that's sort of been in the news and it's been a misnomer. It's not a protest. This is a march. Um, this is an opportunity for women and men and children from all over our nation to stand together and to say, you know, human rights are women rights and, and women rights are human rights. But they're, they're not interchangeable that they're the same and that we deserve um, equality. We, we deserve to be part of the conversation as we move forward. I mean, I, that's, of course, I think if you asked anyone who's why they're coming to the march, you'd probably get a different answer because there are so many reasons that we come. And even if you talk to me, why am I marching? You know, it might depend on the day, what story I give you. But the fact is that we're all coming together and that we're showing our strength together, and we're moving forward together. Um, that's the real positive message that I, I, I want to take away from this. Carmen, I know, wants your last name. Sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, Savage. Yeah. A-V-A-G-E. Oh, no, like, I would like to take oh. it. 
from you. <laughs> you need someone to like take it off your hands or that's like it, you need a life it. partner to right. share it she, with. She yeah. wants your well, hand in marriage. <laughs> assuming assuming that our, uh, you know, right. I'm queer. So actually that would work. So it's okay, cool. over. good to know. I'm really yeah. glad that I pursued this the way I pursue most romantic things, which is having my friend ask for me. <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, if that's not how it's done, I just don't know. Yeah, it continues to work. 2017. All right, cool. So I'm going to make sure you guys exchange numbers. And <laughs> this is a show about matchmaking. So, <laughs> okay, okay, thank you so much for being here, Jackie. Oh, my pleasure. We checked in with activist Melissa Campbell, too. Melissa has been working in youth activism since she herself was a youth. I met her through Spark, where she helped wrangle teen feminists and change the world. So Melissa works for the Campaign for a Commercial Free Childhood. And before that, I worked at Spark, um, training girls 13 to 22 to be feminist activists and organizers. And I actually started as a Spark activist um, when I was 20 years old, my senior year of college, which is where I met Carmen. And I've been doing some kind of activist or advocacy work ever since, um, all youth-focused. So, um, yeah, you've done a lot of youth-focused youth work, and you've worked a lot with teen girls on feminist activism. Um, what have you learned about activism working with younger teams of activists? What have you learned about sort of like what we can do to bridge intergenerational divides, but also like what have you learned from the teen activists themselves? So I, I guess I wasn't technically a teen activist because I was 20, but I didn't really like I got into like activism myself when I was like 18 or 19 years old. I interned at this place about faith um, out in San Francisco who does media literacy. They're really rad. Shout out Jen Berger. Um, but that was like my first, you know, I didn't know what activism was like supposed to be like or was supposed to look like. And I kind of still don't. Um, I feel like sometimes when people talk about activism, they're talking about like this uh, sort of like larger nebulous concept. Like, are you an activist? Like, what does it mean to be an activist? What's your activist identity? Like, do you have a zine? Um, <laughs> but really, it's just like you're getting together with people who see a problem that you also see, and you are figuring out how to fix it together. Um, and I didn't know any other way to do that except, like, through the lens of a teenage girl, because I was a teenage girl, and then I started working with other teenage girls. Um, and it was great. It was really cool. Probably because I came up that way, like, the thing that I understand the most or that I learned the most is that, like, girls are smart. Um, they and can name things that are going on around them that are unfair. Young people are disrespected, like youth are not cared about. Um, so as a youth, like as a teen, all you can do is like, you know, know that you're right, trust your anger, work with your friends, like remember your goals. If you're really interested in helping youth develop their work and like build a better world, like you have to trust them. Um, you have to like believe what they're telling you about their world and their experience, which can be really hard as you get older. How would you recommend that young people who want to get involved in social justice movements sort of take apart or even take lead? Part of it, I think, this is hard for me to answer in a practical way. Like five years ago, I would, I would have been like, get on Tumblr. But like, do <laughs> teens still use Tumblr? I'm old now. I'm 27. I don't know. I do. That? Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I still do, too. But there aren't teens in my Tumblr orbit. Are they still there somewhere else? And I just like, I don't know. They're not in my world anymore on the Internet. Um, so I don't know, like, the Internet places where teens can go to get active like rookies still kicking it they're doing great um spark is back up um they're 
we have a new collection. Well, not we. I'm not there anymore. But there's an awesome new collection of Spark bloggers um, being led by Yaz Nakati out of the UK. They are super great. You can read their blogs at sparkmovement.org. It's very cool. You know, I would say talk to your friends. You know, what injustices do you guys see, like, in your school? Um, what can you do about those things? Start small. Start local. Like, read as much as you can. Talk as much as you can. And just try things out. See what sticks. Don't worry about, like, doing it right. Just do it. So who are some young people in activism that you feel like girls can look to as role models right now? And who were some of your sort of activist or feminist role models when you were getting into activism as a teen? Man, I don't know. That girl from Girl Meets World seems pretty cool. Rowan. I really, yeah, Rowan. I always want to say Atkinson, but that's not correct. That's Rowan Blanchard. Mean. We want her Rowan on our Blanchard. show. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, her, I still am really feeling Amanda Stenberg. Um, yes. I don't know what she's been up to, but, like, her forever. Um, and also... So Lynn Michael Brown is not a girl activist, but she's a Spark co-founder. And she wrote this book um, called Powered by Girl. Um, it's a little weird to talk about it because, like, she interviews me in it as part of my role with Spark. But she talks about – she talks to all these women and all these girls at these different girl-serving organizations. And, like, all of the girls in that book are great. Um, so they are all are great role models. They have a lot to say about building intergenerational relationships and, like – you know, strategies and tools and, like, how to find a community and things like that. So all of those girls are also my activist role models. I think that any youth or adult would benefit a lot from reading that book, Powered by Girl. Um, I love you deeply. Um, I love you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Melissa. scares you the most about the Trump presidency? Um, I think, A, the ignorance that is surrounding it, um, the fact that you can deny climate change, the fact that you can deny people their basic human rights, the fact that you can deny that women deserve health care. I think all of those things are just ignorant. Like, if you know anything or have educated yourself or have read a single thing ever published by a scientist, you know that climate change is real and it's happening, and it's a huge eminent threat to the human race. Um, it's what's causing so much of our health issues and so much of our environmental issues. Um, and, I mean, that's just a reality. There's an, And I don't, I personally cannot respect anything that infringes upon reality yeah. or, or denies reality. Just facts. Just facts. Yeah. Just straight-up facts that are proven and that are there and that are real. And if you can sit there and call it a hoax... A Chinese hoax, then you you just have absolutely no business being a president. Period. Right. But on top of that, all his choices for cabinet have been so disappointing and so um, disheartening. I think yeah. because he's made very clear choices against progression, and that to me is an insult to our existence. Because we, I mean, humans evolved. That's what we've been doing since the beginning of time. And so, any step right now is I feel a step backwards towards like this whole make America great again. It was never great to begin with. We've always had to continue to progress and make it better. And that's been the case since it was founded, you know? And it was founded by immigrants, you dumbass. 
I love when you get close to the mic. I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm talking yo, to yo, you. Yo, yo, yo. I'm talking to you. <laughs> do you think that you would still be doing this if you didn't have a platform to yeah, do it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt in my in yeah. my mind or heart. Like I, I, I know for a fact that the only reason I was even given this platform by, by God was because like I'm this is what I was made for. Like I was made to be an activist and to preach. Yeah. I'm so passionate about human rights to be completely honest, I feel like I'm even more passionate about that than music sometimes, which is such a statement because (laughs) music is my soul, so I feel like, I feel like I was blessed with this platform for the sake of being able to speak out and to stand up for anyone who needs a voice. I was given a voice since I was little, I've always been so outspoken and so, you know, like, I would always be told, like, you're too honest, like, you're too, you're too much, you're too black and white, and I was just like, fuck it, like, yeah, I'm black and white, because it's black and white. There's grayness, of course, but when it comes down to it, right and wrong is black and white. There's no, like, I, I will respect your opinion as long as you're educated and as long as you know what you're talking about and your opinion doesn't infringe on the rights of other human beings. Right. Because if your opinion infringes on the rights of human beings, it doesn't deserve respect. Yeah. It just doesn't. No. Like, if you don't respect other people's existence, how can you possibly expect for someone to respect your opinion? <coughs> Paul Ryan. <coughs> <coughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Dude, I just want to say, like, from point of view as a person, but also a friend, like, <laughs> I am so proud of you. Like, Thanks. I just feel like you've had, like, such a crazy year. I mean, like, your Billboard article, like, made me cry. I showed Thanks. it to my mom. Thank you so much. And it's just, I, I wrote can't... that literally in 30 minutes because I, I was so did. pissed about, about who Trump elected as the secretary, um, the attorney general. I'm so sorry. Like, I saw that he elected a racist senator. I and I was so aggravated. I, I was, like, Jeff if you look Sessions. at my phone, it yeah. was a note in my phone yeah. that my lawyers had to, like, like, take dot dot dots yeah, out yeah. of and like fucking capitalize shit and be like Lauren maybe you can't fuck say that, that word like you know Dude, but, the whole thing was just like fuck this fuck that no 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 actually like they literally only changed like two words yeah. in it no but, it was like really well written thank you I literally I, as I remember it came out and I was like I sent it to my mom and I was like mom read this yeah. it's so good <laughs> Thank you, man. But yeah, it's just been, I think you've been like doing great things this year and I'm really proud of you. Thank you. It's just what I'm passionate about. And I thank God I was blessed with really strong women in my life. My mom and my grandmother are both really education driven and very, they've always instilled in me that I was powerful and that I could do anything, no matter what I had between my legs. Like it didn't matter. Yeah. It was and my dad too, actually. My dad never made me feel inferior. I love him. He never made me feel like I couldn't do something because I was a woman. Regardless of his views, regardless of anything, like his heart always supported me, no matter what I wanted to do. And that for me is so special and so many people don't have that and I'm so grateful that I was given that. On top of my education that I was I have to shout out Carrollton. I am so grateful for that school. Like, oh my God, Carrollton School of Sacred Heart in Miami, Florida. You guys are my saving grace. I will never forget the education that I received or the instillment of power that I received because we had a nun, a head nun whose name was Sister Cook and she was just so powerful, so elegant, so graceful and poised and she constantly told us, you are women of courage and confidence and don't let anyone take that away from you. And that's what we were taught. And I'm so, like, beyond grateful, it brings me to tears, like, for being given the opportunity by life to be able to go to something like that. Because, I mean, I come from a middle-class family, and I shouldn't have been there to begin with. But mm-hmm. um, but I was, because God wanted me there. So, I'm grateful. 
Great. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad we got to do this. This was fun. Thanks. Yay. I'm glad you had me and yeah. liked me enough. No, thank you me. so much for being on our show. This is like the first episode. We're really excited. Yes. You can uh, buy Lauren's song, your own song, right? Ah, that my own song, dude. <laughs> so dope. So dope. I fucking love Marion Hill, so it's cool. It's really cool. Thank you. Okay, cool. Thank you, Lauren. That's all for this episode of The Bossy Show. Make sure to tune in next week. Want to get involved? Here's something you can do right now to make a difference. Go to change.org and sign five feminist or political petitions you like. If you want to start organizing IRL, look for local activist groups and see how you can get involved. Or better, start your own. Who knows? Get crazy, girl. Follow at The Bossy Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr for pics from inside the show and more. Huge thanks to Lauren Haregi, Jackie Savage, and Melissa Campbell for being on our show. The Bossy Show is recorded at Sonic Pool Post Productions in Hollywood. Music by Johnny Franco and audio engineering by Drew Frost. See you next time. Just kidding. We won't see you because this is a radio show.